One, two, three. Hallelujah! Okay. <laughs> I, was I'm telling you, I'm, I'm thoroughly convinced that that's supernatural. There's no way that that can happen without God's help. <laughs> way louder than Sunday. And not even a fraction of the people. So something is going on. <laughs> something is happening that is supernatural. Amen. Praise God. Well, uh, let's go ahead and pray. We'll get into this word. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for blessing us, blessing us to be here tonight. We thank you for giving us yet another opportunity to sit at your feet and to receive fresh rhema from heaven. I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus, that there be no distractions, but that your word would go forth and accomplish that which you've sent it to. We thank you, Lord, and we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost now in Jesus' name. Amen. Church said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, Get your Bible out. Get your Bible out. Amen. So, um, we just want to take advantage of every opportunity God gives us. Amen. I know it's really not popular to have church on Thanksgiving Eve, but it's still important. And so, we always make sure that we as a church have given people the opportunity to sow that seed. And we were talking about that in our men's group, just sowing seed. Kingdom seeds bring a harvest, and you have opportunities to sow seed. And so even if it's not popular, you have an opportunity to to sow it. And so we're here to sow that seed. Amen? Praise God. And so I want to preach this message tonight entitled, Give Thanks. Give Thanks, simple, uh, simple, title and obviously uh, appropriate for Thanksgiving. Well, as we enter into Thanksgiving, a lot of times, uh, unfortunately, people move past Thanksgiving right into Christmas, you know, and they just kind of skip it. But it's important to take out that time and be thankful and say, you know, I'm thankful for all these different things. God has done many things for all of us, and it's important for us to thank him but then thank him as a, 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 a habit pattern in our lives. And so give thanks. Let's go to Psalm 105. One. Psalm 105. One. We'll start right there. Get into this. Psalm 105. One. All right. So Psalm 105. One. It says, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. And so what this scripture, scripture is teaching us that we thank him, but then now we talk about what he has done. Amen. Now, th- these are uh, biblical principles that if we as Christians would take and we would apply these and we start to say, you know what? When I read something out of the Bible, it's not just a scripture that is there. It's actually something that if I take it and apply it, there's going to be some benefits that I get. Amen. How many of y'all get excited about benefits? Amen. And so he says, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. And so we can call upon God. We can call upon him for his help. We, you know, you call upon the name of Jesus for salvation, right? In Romans uh, chapter 13 or 10, 13, he says, anybody who calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved. Well, we know we can call upon him, but then we need to make known his deeds among the people. How many of you guys are okay with making his deeds known among the people? What, what does that mean? You get around some people and you're able to say, well, you know, this is what God did for me. Amen. Oh, come on, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes it seems like Christians become so quiet and just so uh, internally focused or shut in or whatever you want to call it, that they're not testifying about the goodness of God. They're not necessarily sharing. And as I said, I may have said it on Sunday But Jesus had to tell the people, don't say nothing. Like Jesus would do something that was miraculous in their lives. And Jesus actually had to tell them, don't say nothing. But now in our world today, we're having to remind people, hey, man, won't you say something? What do you mean? Won't you say something about God and what he's done? I'm sure he's done something for you. But it seems like all we're hearing from you is complaining. Oh, yeah. Because it's people being deceived 
by this world system that we live in. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. So thank him and talk about what he has done. Now let's go to Psalm, Psalm 145, Psalm 145, and we'll look at one through four. He says, I will extol thee, which means I will exalt thee. Now, how many of y'all would be willing to make a commitment and say, I'm going to exalt God above everything? Would you, would you be willing to do that? Would you be willing to say, that's it, man. I've made a decision in my life. I'm going to exalt God above everything. And so the next time you face a situation that may be trying or challenging, then if you stick with the commitment that you made, I'm going to exalt God above everything. So what does this mean? This thing is not bigger than my God. I'm not about to create a uh, idol that I'll worship over my God. And so... David obviously had some highs and lows, but he's making it clear. I will extol thee, my God, O king. I will bless thy name when? So what if you start to understand? I'm talking about kingdom principles. That's what we do. We teach uh, principles at this church because principles are things that can be applied by anyone and they can benefit from them. But not just, you know, uh, you can't just have little uh, habits or little whatever. You know, there's a lot of traditions that people do. None of that really matters. What matters is the kingdom principles. And so I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day. Look at your neighbor and say every day. Every day I will bless thee. Wait, but what if it's not, in your opinion, a good day? What if it, what if something you wanted to be fixed is not fixed? What if you're dealing with challenges? What if you, but see, this is a habit. This is something that is habitual. What if children learned this and that's all they knew? What if they never even learned how to complain? Like, where could we be? I mean, think about it. What if, what if we never, ever learned how to complain? We say, oh, that wasn't, that didn't come up, man. And so he says, every day will I bless thee and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Next verse. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. This is powerful stuff. One generation. Now, this is the way this was supposed to work. One generation shall praise thy works to another. And so what we're supposed to be doing, let's say a parent and a child situation. You know what you're supposed to be doing? Your kids aren't supposed to be hearing you complaining about everything, complaining about the taxes, complaining about the economy, complaining about the church, complaining about your job, complaining about your car. Come on, somebody. They're supposed to hear you praising the works of God. And so what they have heard you is magnify. They heard you magnifying God. So what does that do? That shapes their expectations. And so unfortunately, the the next generation, their expectations get contaminated by the generation that precedes them or that because of the example. So if if they grow up around praising God, expecting God, well, what are they going to do? Praise God and expect God. But if they grow up around, oh, man, life is hard. Life is tough. This is that. And that sets their expectations. And all of a sudden, God gets reduced to the one who, you know, helps us when we get to heaven. But that's not the way God intended. One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. And now let's look at this Psalm 145, verse 2 in the Amplified Classic. So he says, Psalm 145, verse 2, Amplified Classic, every day. Look at your name and say, every day. Every day. Wait, am I being unrealistic in this? Is this? Is this like something that's, you know, too high of a standard for us to achieve? What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm not telling you you got to memorize the Bible. I'm saying every day. Every day 
you're going to have a reason to praise God. Oh, come on. And see, and this is what the scripture is saying every day with its new reasons. Ah, and so the enemy says, oh, you know, here comes a new day. But guess what? Here's going to be a new challenge. Here's going to be a new problem. But the Bible says here comes a new day. And guess what? New reasons to pray. Oh, come on, somebody. New reasons to praise your God with its new reasons. I will bless you. Would you guys say that to God? Let's, let's just say it together. Just the mighty warriors out here. Just just say, I will bless the Lord. Man, so he says, every day with his new reasons, I will bless you affectionately and gratefully praise you. Amen. Yes, I will praise your name forever and ever. Amen. You know what's going to happen tonight? There's going to be some stress. People are going to encounter stress over a meal that they had the money to buy. And they're going to stress. They're going to miss church. Even our members, they, they miss church. They're going to do these things. And it's over a meal that they have been given money by God to buy. And then they're going to have people over their house or they're going to go to other people's house and they're going to complain about personalities and people and all this stuff that God has blessed them to not just be at home alone. This is going to happen. Why? Because Thanksgiving is a holiday that people decide to celebrate. But for us, Thanksgiving is not just a holiday. It's a way of life. It's a way of life. Amen. Amen. And, and, and so that's why it's important. You guys, you know, stay plugged in. And I always try to tell you because the things that you get from this church is going to change your life if you apply it. Amen. If you don't apply it, just like anything else. Come on now. You can have so many. How many of you guys have been, you know, you, you call yourself getting ready to work out. So you got a lot of workouts saved, YouTube workouts. <laughs> None of them workouts do you any good. If you don't do it, Amen. so man, I got a nice catalog, man. I know this right here, man, is a, a hit 1000. This one just does this and does that. But it won't change you Amen. until you apply it. Amen? Amen. And so this is what the Bible, this is simple, just simple, true, simple scriptures that will help us. If we say, I'm going to take that and apply it to my life. So it says, uh, every day with its new reasons. And so that means there's a reason, a new reason. Like I praised God yesterday. There's a new reason today. Amen. Man, I got to, because because you can't give God a, a stale leftover praise. That's what people, that's what gets, you ever met some grumpy people? People, you just, man, you just, man, my gosh, you're just upset. You're just mad, you know? Well, they haven't, looked at the new reasons that God has given them to praise him. And so every day with this new reasons, will I bless you? Now, if we understand that, we say, well, there's no need to complain. There's no need to complain. And no matter what I'm going through, there is a reason for me to bless him today. So what if you Decided that, you know what, I'm going to start to put some of this stuff uh, into a um, almost like a, um, a practice. You know, we say we put these things into practice. You know, you learn habits, right? You learn, OK, every day. Some people have to get up at the same time every day. They get up. Uh, typically, they have a, a routine or something. You're going to wash your face, brush your teeth. You know, you, you put these things into practice. Well, if you can put things like this into practice, this sets you up for a great success. It says every day. So now I'm putting this thing into practice. Every day, I'm going to remind myself there's no need to complain. Man, I didn't get no sleep and I had to get up early. But. You standing there 
talking about I had to get up early. Amen. Meaning you got up out the bed. Praise God. Meaning someone did not get up. Someone had to be carried out of the bed because they've expired. But you got up. Right? And I said this maybe Sunday, one of these other times. You get up and you, ah, man, my knee. But then there's that person that wishes they could feel knee pain. Because they're paralyzed. They can't feel anything. You see what I'm saying? And so no need to complain. What if I tell myself, there's no need to complain. There is a reason for me to bless him today. Now we start to understand a revelation that comes with that. He blessed us. All of us have been blessed by God. He blessed me with salvation. He blessed me with sanity. Come on, how many know sanity is a blessing? I mean, I'm talking about sanity. He blessed me with sanity. He blessed me with strength. Come on. He he blessed me. These are things that he has blessed me with. But now, what can I bless him with? Ah, think about it. This is God now we're talking about. The the maker of heaven and earth. He got everything. So, you don't have anything to give him like, you know, uh, there's no money you can give God. You know, and that's what Jesus was always warning them. They that trust in their riches, they're going to perish. Because to God, that's of no value. And so some people, they're comfortable in that. And then they find themselves, uh, uh, most of the time people are searching for validation in life. They're searching for validation. And so they'll do something and it makes them feel good. And so it's like, well, you know what? I helped that person that was in need, so I feel like I did a good deed today. Um, God's not interested in good deeds. Let me, just, let me just share that with you guys. He's not interested in good deeds. If you say, you know, you're driving and you see somebody on the side of the road and you say, you know what, because there's people that do this. They'll see somebody on the side of the road and then they'll give somebody some money to go get something to eat. But then they'll drive away and cut off the car in front of them and flip them off and go on. God is not interested in you handing someone something like that. He's looking at the heart. And so now, if I'm a, in this place and I understand the scripture is telling me every day I'm going to bless God. But then I got to ask myself, man, how am I going to bless God? How are you going to bless somebody that's got everything? How am I going to give somebody something that has everything? And there's no money, no possession, anything like that that I can give God. But I can bless him with my thank you. I can bless him with my thank you. I can bless him with my hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Uh, I I can bless him by living my life with an attitude of gratitude. I can do this. So this is how I can bless my God, the God who has everything. I can bless him with my thank you. I can bless him with my hallelujah, which is the highest praise. I can bless him by living my life with an attitude of gratitude instead of an entitlement mentality, instead of uh, uh, doing things begrudgingly, instead of, you know what I mean? All these ways that people can live. Go to uh, 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5, and we'll go uh, 16 through 18 in the NLT. Always be joyful. So, is that possible? But, but I mean, like, okay, so let me just say it this way. Is that, like, a suggestion or is that, like, instruction? What does that really mean? Always be joyful. But, I mean, uh, God really cannot expect that of me. I'm just saying. Always be joyful. I mean, God already knows the coworkers I got. I mean, I'm just saying I mean, God already knows the family members I got. There's no way this scripture could really mean for me to always be joyful. Because I have reasons. I'm just saying I'm justified by having this attitude. I got a reason. 
This person, you know what we do is we'll feel a certain way and be justified, but the Bible takes away all those excuses. If you would just simply say, I'm just going to obey God. You mess around and read something like that. Always be joyful. Even if you don't feel joyful, all of a sudden, because you love God and you want to obey God. Now, that's a whole nother sermon. A lot of people don't love God, so they don't want to obey God. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. I mean, you love me, then, then do what I say. Do what pleases me. But that's not the motivation in a lot of people. And, uh, and a lot of stuff is centered around helping a person feel better about some situation. But really the way it works in the kingdom is bow to your master and let him take care of all your situations. Yeah, did y'all get that? It's not about God show me how to deal with this. No, I release myself and everything about me to you. And watch God. Say, I'm going to show you in the word tonight that we were talking about in our men's group. In the kingdom, everything is seed driven. It's not emotionally driven. Yeah, God loves you and cares about you. But how many know God can hug you and help you while you're crying through a situation? But it doesn't mean the situation is going to change. Just like your loved one can hug you and help you, but it doesn't mean the situation is going to change. You need some solutions. You need some stuff that's going to bring change. It's just like James says, you know, if we go out and we tell somebody, be filled, be warm, yet we don't give them food and we don't give them any blankets. We have not helped them. And so after we leave them, we've left them in the same situation. And, and maybe they felt better for a moment, but their problem is still present. Well, that's just, this is the way God is. He wants to bring you into solutions. He wants to bring you into a better way, a better way of living. And that's why he gives us instruction in his word. The choice is up to us. You know, we have that choice to obey it or not. Always be joyful. Next verse. Never stop praying. And so now this really just messes up the religious people because some people feel like they can't pray until they get to their prayer closet. But God says, well, what if I want to talk to you at that stoplight? What if I want to talk to you in the bathroom? You you can't just uh, reduce me to a closet. I'm too big for a closet. And so this is talking about a constant fellowship with your master. That's what that means. Next verse. Be thankful in what? What's all mean? Okay. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now, let me give you some clarity on this because sometimes people misteach this. You don't have to thank him for the situation. I want to make sure you get this. You don't have to thank him for the situation. So some people read this and they say, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Well, it was the will of God for me to get sick. It was the will of God for me to lose this. It was the will of God for me to. And no, that's not what this scripture means. What this scripture means is be thankful in all. So while you're in it, it's not for it. So thank you, Lord, that my house burned down. No. That's the devil trying to kill, steal, and destroy. That ain't got nothing to do with God. But, oh, I'm going to praise him in the midst of ashes. Come on, somebody. In the midst of it looks like it ain't got nothing left. But I'm going to praise him. I'm going to thank him. Come on. You see, there's a reason that I'm going to praise him and thank him. See, that's the difference. You thank him in, not for. God had to do this for me. No, God is, you don't got to do all that Suffering like that and all that and trying to make it like that's God doing that. But in the circumstance, no matter what it is, so you don't have to thank him for the situation, but you can thank him in the situation. So no matter how bad something may look, no matter how bad something may look or feel, come on, you know, the feelings come too, right? You 
Come on, man. We, we just honest in church. I mean, yeah, man, we're, we're not robots. And so, but, but we're people willing to be trained. And so my job is to help you in your training as you grow in the Lord. And so it doesn't mean you're never going to feel emotions like you're never going to feel lonely. Yeah, you will. You, you're never going to feel like, uh, like you failed or you're not accomplishing. No, yeah, you'll feel those things. This, this is normal to feel those things, but it's not kingdom to stay in those things. This is what I'm talking about. It's not kingdom to stand those things that, yes, Lord, I feel like that. I feel like these people don't appreciate my efforts. They don't appreciate the work that I'm doing. They don't recognize it's okay to feel that, but it's not okay to stay in that. Amen. You see what I'm saying? Why? Because the kingdom is about results. You're going somewhere. Amen. The world will have you stagnant as long as you will allow them to keep you stagnant. Amen. They'll let you stay in that same pool of mess. That's why there's people that haven't gotten over stuff. They still have unforgiveness issues. You know, it's messed up that the devil will allow you to stay mad at a person for 45 years. <laughs> 45 years and you're still disgusted with the whole situation. And he's fine. He said, I just ain't no need for me to bring no new people for them to get mad because they still upset right here with this one. So let me just keep that going. You know what I'm saying? But God won't keep you there. But you got to be willing to say, I'm going to go. I'm going to go on up. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and progress and I'm going to go ahead and do what God wants me to do. Now, I'm teaching these things tonight so that you can learn. How many of y'all want to be like sharp in your Christianity? You know what that means? You, you want to be sharp. Like, you know, Hebrews uh, chapter four talks about the word of God is quick and powerful. You, you want to be in that situation where you are aware of spiritual things and you can engage and get results quickly. Amen. You, you don't want to just be wasting a bunch of energy. You know what I mean? You remember when you were kids, you know, kids, have you ever seen a kid uh, like if kids get mad at each other, get in a fight. And remember the girl fighting where they just starts to everything's that's burning a lot of energy. Now, if one of them lands. If one of them things land, it could do some damage. <laughs> but a lot of times, none of them landed. <laughs> and, the, and the kid's just tired. A lot of wasted energy. Well, we don't want to be wasting energy. We want to be uh, productive in what we're doing. And so it's like, I want to learn how to get the enemy up off of me quick. Amen. Like, why do I want to waste a day that I can't get back? So I want to learn how to capitalize on my benefits that come through the kingdom. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is the will of God uh, for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So it doesn't matter what it is, no matter how bad it looks, or even like I said, feels, you can thank God right in the midst of it. So what does that mean? Nothing's changed yet. Hmm? Come on, how many know in the midst of it? In the midst of whatever it is that you would like to be changed, it's not changed yet, but you can thank God in the midst of it. Don't don't get quiet about it while you're going through it. No, Lord. Oh, I see what's going on. So the enemy is trying to keep me here. And a lot of times we say, well, God, can't you just deliver me from here? But. That's not always what he does. He gives you an opportunity to do something in the midst of it. Because when you can do something in the midst of it, then now you can uh, invoke a change. You can invoke a, a kingdom change that could come your way. So go to Acts, Acts chapter 16. We know this verse, these scriptures here, but we know Paul and Silas, all they were doing was preaching. So the backdrop on this is, they were preaching the gospel and they were told to stop, but they just kept obeying God and and they were doing some wonderful things. But it was really just the name of Jesus that was going forth boldly. Well, so they get they get arrested, they get thrown into prison and, and we hear this story preached a lot, but they were thrown into prison and really bad circumstances. Honestly, not anything that we can experience today. Right. 
you know, in the prisons today, you know, they do like documentaries, right? They'll go in there and there wasn't nobody doing no documentary in these prisons. I'm just saying, <laughs> you, this was not fit for people. And so they're more or less under the prison and their hands and feet are tied. And so they're just stuck. But the mistake that the jailers made is they did not bind their mouth. Oh, come on, somebody. Uh, See, they didn't bind their mouth. And they didn't know that the most powerful weapon. See, really, the they, if they were smart, they would have realized what were they doing? They were preaching Jesus, but it was the name of Jesus that was coming out of their mouth. And so if they wanted to stop the name of Jesus from going forth, they needed to bind their mouth. Amen. But they bound them hand and foot and left their mouth alone. But now when someone is trained, when someone is skilled, this is what happens to people, even prisoners of war. They go through so much intense training that they know what to do in these pressuring situations. Amen. And so they don't give up information and they don't, you know, they endure because they're trained up like that. And this is what God wants from us. He wants us to be as Christians trained up. There are too many Christians today that are just simply not trained up. And so when the pressure comes, even if their mouth is not bound, the devil deceives them to use their mouth against them. So instead of praising God, they release something else. And so now these guys had reason to complain. In prison, terrible conditions, and it's all because they've been preaching Jesus. But at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. Now, we would think they would be praying, God. Come on, some of y'all have been in there in them prayers, man. And you'd be going to God complaining. God, you know your tone is wrong. God. God, I'm just kind. I just want to come to you, God. Cause I don't know why, you know, I'm dealing with this, but anyway. <laughs> well, at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed, but then what? You know, you ain't complaining if you're praising. You can't do both. You understand? You can't complain and praise God at the same time. So they prayed and sang. Praises unto God. With their hands and feet bound. Come on, how many of y'all been guilty of not praising God? Just let's be honest. Let's go ahead and be. How many of y'all been guilty of like, you know what, Lord, I need to repent. Matter of fact, maybe you need to just do that right now. Lord, I just repent of not praising you when I should have. Because I know I I did a little bit too much complaining and that situation was was not that bad. Amen. Amen. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. And see, that's effective, man. You know, it'll it'll get out. And and they heard them. And next verse. And suddenly look at your name and say suddenly. Okay, so the reason that this is so powerful is giving thanks. Releases the force of the kingdom. Now, these are, I'm telling you, this is training that if you take this and apply it to your life, you're going to win in so many areas. Giving thanks releases the force of the kingdom and welcomes the supernatural into your situation. Paul and Silas, how were they going to get out of that? Like, what is your way out? And, And just so you know, when they put them in like that, they have plans to kill them. They're trying to get rid of them. They're not just trying to, you know, oh, you're going to serve 30 days and go home. No. And they all oftentimes with that imprisonment, there would come some lashing first. They beat them first. And so what are they going to do? Well, giving thanks. It releases it releases the force of the kingdom and welcomes the supernatural into your situation. 
Don't you know God can fix your situation in ways you've never considered? He could turn things around for you that you said, well, Lord, I never even thought. Oh, come on, man. I never even thought you would do it like that. But he's God and his ways are higher than our ways. And so as we look at this, it releases the supernatural into the situation. And so suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. What? But but see, Pastor, everybody wasn't praising. God didn't need everybody. Come on, somebody. He just needed Paul and Silas. See, it's not about what everybody is doing because some people do have the excuse of being ignorant, but you don't. Oh, come on. Oh, and that's why sometimes as we progress, as you advance in your Christianity, especially if you're ever... Um, if you're ever a preacher of the gospel, it doesn't mean you have to be preaching up here, but you're going to be, people will know you as a word person. Well, as soon as you start holding them accountable, they're going to feel like you're condemning them. They're going to feel like, oh man, I don't know if this is really the right, uh, what? Because you're going to hold them accountable. You're going to let them know like, hey, wait a minute. We talked about this already. You can't keep doing this. Oh, see, that's, that's the thing. You're judging me and you, uh, I'm trying to help you go up. Amen. So God didn't expect everyone in the prison to praise him. But he did expect to hear that from Paul and Silas. Why? Because Paul and Silas knew him. Come on, somebody. Oh, and that's why you in your life, you know him. And that's why God expects you to praise him. He doesn't expect you to complain. He doesn't expect you to act like your neighbor or your unsaved loved ones. He expects you to act different. And if you do, there can be some benefits that flow out into others' lives. Amen? Amen. To whom much is given, much is required. So all of us, we start to learn this stuff. We say, oh, oh, Lord, I, ooh, I can't complain anytime. No. <laughs> Dang, Lord, I'm, I'm talking about just, I want, no. And the Holy Spirit will be on you. Hallelujah. Now, the thing about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit won't force you, but he will assist you in such a way that you won't fail. If you just yield to it, the Holy Ghost will tell you, nope, don't do that. Don't say that. Fix your face. Look at your face. Come on. Some of y'all be walking around frowning just, uh, and you don't even know it. Walk by and mess around and walk by a window or something like, and the Holy Ghost says, look at all that stink on your face. Just stink. Just stinking up the whole street. (laughs) But the Holy Ghost will help you fix that. And so Paul and Silas there, they do this, and all of a sudden, everybody, their bands are loose. Next verse. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. And so what this means is, in that day, if prisoners got out on your watch, you paying. So you lost a prisoner. So one prisoner gone, let me get that life. So that was a hard job. I don't think people apply for that job either. I think they got, I think they got appointed. <laughs> Voluntold, you're going to be working over here. Because there was a risk there. He would have killed himself supposing that the prisoners had been fled. Next verse. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Now, how is this possible? So you got other prisoners that are in the prison who don't have the same mind as Paul and Silas. They don't even know to praise God or anything like that. But yet they didn't leave. It seems like everybody would have been like, what? I'm out. But this was supernatural. You see, when God moves, then his his, the force of the kingdom, now, now let me help you understand, the force of the kingdom, it flows in order. And so when the kingdom flow is coming, it's bringing order, and there are not going to be casualties. So even people that are not believers can benefit from the flow, the kingdom flow that's going on your life. 
But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. This is what the man said, did. And brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? See, you see how God took that situation. But what if Paul and Silas would have been complaining? See, that's all I'm doing, Lord. I'm out here. I'm out here on outreach for you. I'm out here on outreach for you. And I know these people are looking at me through this ring. And they just ignoring me. You know, I feel disrespected. It's hot. You know what I mean? All this type of stuff. This complaining. I'll, t- I'll tell you the danger of that. Paul and Silas, they had plenty to, if they want to complain, they had a lot to complain about. But they didn't do it. Amen. And this man, this, this man said, what must I do to be saved? He's not talking about being spared. He's talking about, I want to be saved. So now you see how this is powerful. This is not like convincing someone, you better receive Jesus or you're going to hell. They didn't say nothing about him going to hell. He just experienced the kingdom force. He experienced the power of the kingdom coming and moving in unexplainable ways. Next verse. And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shall be saved in thy house. Amen. What? Yeah, your whole house, your whole family going to get saved. Amen. Well, this was a powerful move, but I want you to. Pick up on what happened as God reveals it to us in this story. They had the opportunity. Now, remember, we looked at Thessalonians where it says in everything, give thanks, no matter what the situation is. Not think. So Paul and Silas were not thanking God. Thank you, God, that we're in prison. Thank you that we're in this prison and we know you put us here and we just want to suffer for you. They didn't thank him for that, but they thanked him in it. See? And when you release that kind of thanksgiving, giving thanks starts to bring about supernatural things. And so now that caused the force of the kingdom to be released into their situations. And when the kingdom comes, now you get exposed to miracles. Now you get exposed to signs and wonders. You get exposed to things happening Ah, situations getting fixed. I'm I'm telling you, if you learn to put this in the play because the enemy is tempting you, there's always going to be an opportunity to thank God, praise God, or to complain. So the opposite of this complaining is thanking and praising God. This praising God, this thanking and praising God is bringing the kingdom flow into your life and it's going to always put you in a better situation. But this complaining... Look at your neighbor say complaining. Okay. So even though you may feel justified, let me just teach you the truth. I mean, you're out here on a Wednesday night and you need to know the truth. And so complaining, here's the truth about complaining. Complaining is a demonic tendency that repels the goodness of God. Oh, I just, I just gave you a nugget. If you get this, you're not... You're not going to knowingly. Let me say it again. Complaining is a demonic tendency. That repels the goodness of God. That's all demons do. They complain and the devil been complaining about God the whole time. And guess what? It repels. The goodness of God. Now, do you want the goodness of God flowing in your life or do you want it to be repelled? So as soon as you start to complain about a situation, think about I'm acting like demons. What did I just say that? See, you complain about a situation, right? You say, after all, you know, this is not fair. That's not fair. You got so many reasons. I'm acting like demons. 
And so there is no change coming my way. And then they will say, well, Pastor, see, that's the problem. You're just, you just don't have any empathy. And, you know, man, I'm just, te- I'm just teaching you the truth. I'm not trying to, you know what I'm saying? I'll hug you and I'll, I'll you know what I mean? I'll, I'm, I'll pat you on the back however many times you want to be patting on the back. That's fine with me. But that's not my job. Amen. God's not going to hold me accountable for how many pats on the back I've given. He's going to hold me accountable in regards to the truth I've released from this pulpit. Now, what people do with this truth is on them. Now, if you hear me as your pastor or anybody who ever watches me and you hear me and and you don't hear this. I I haven't heard this, but I know it's true. I've been given this revelation. But if you hear stuff like this, like, wait, complaining is a demonic tendency that repels the goodness of God. And then you go and complain. Wouldn't that kind of like, wait, hold on, wait, I just, oh, no. So for me, I said, oh, that's it. My days of complaining are over. I've officially retired from complaining. Well, but what if something happens? Something can happen, you know, and you, you know, you're, just, you're only human. That's your problem. You keep seeing yourself as only human. God's been telling us all along, we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We're not even from here. We're supposed to act in a different way. He says in Psalm 82, 6, and haven't I said in my law that you are God's? That means we're God's offspring. So we're supposed to act like God. We're not supposed to act like people. So regular people just fall apart. But Paul and Silas praise God. And the kingdom was released and things changed and things shifted. And now all of a sudden you start getting God's. How about this? We're going to close in a minute. But have any of you ever like experienced this to where you said, man, I. I didn't get upset about that thing or whatever. Something came at me and I didn't. I deflected it real quick and I just got to praising God and then stuff changed and I had God fix some stuff that I didn't even. Okay. I didn't even know he could fix it like that. But then here's also the grace of God. Let me show you about the grace of God. The grace of God. Sometimes God uses his grace to entice you. And so he uses his grace to woo you. Come on. And so it's like uh, you didn't really deserve what I'm going to do but I'm going to woo you with my grace to expose you to this greater life that I want you to live in every day. That's what does that mean is sometimes even if you were guilty of complaining and murmuring, but because of his grace, his grace was so abundant. He wooed you and then he still fixed the situation for you. And then allowed you to reflect on the change that he brought. But that change didn't come because of your praise. It came because of his grace. That was not for you to take that for granted. That was for you to be introduced to his goodness. So that now next time you say, well, I'm going to praise you instead of. Because I want this goodness. I want to invoke that i want that thing coming on me in every situation of my life amen Amen. and so don't be acting like demons (laughs) i mean is it true or not don't be acting like demons you know what i'm saying you get around some people tomorrow you get to eating something you don't like it don't act like a demon Let's close with Philippians, Philippians 2, 14 and 15, King James. Do all things without murmuring and disputing. That murmuring means complaining, disputing means arguing. So do all things without murmuring and disputing that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in the world. 
And so we have a job to do. We have to let our light shine and people will glorify our God. And, And but we start to understand this is kingdom principles, kingdom principles. And so we're going to go into that. And, you know, prayerfully tomorrow you get to be around all the people you want to be around. But if you're not, don't act like a demon. Let the light of God shine right through your life. And watch God's power prevail. Amen. Y'all received that tonight. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap. Let's close in prayer. Father, we just thank you in the name of Jesus. First and foremost, that we even get to be here. We're alive and well. We have a building. We have lights. We're comfortable. And we're thankful for all of these things. I pray right now, Lord, that you just continue to show yourself strong on behalf of your people. And I pray, Lord, that you would empower us daily to be in that place where our lives are truly pleasing to you. Maybe you're watching this right now. You don't know Jesus as Lord. Well, I'm telling you, the invitation is being released even now. If you open your heart, he'll come in and he will receive you as you are, but he won't leave you the same. Church, let's repeat this prayer so that anyone who hears this message will know how to receive Jesus as Lord. Repeat after me. Jesus, please forgive me for all of my sins. I commit my life into your hands. This day, I am saved. Do with me as you please. And fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap for the Lord. Amen. Praise God.